1: This is Mortgage Matters with Misha, your source for real estate market updates and strategies and answers to your real estate lending questions. Now, to provide you with insight and help you navigate the constantly changing world of real estate lending, here's your host, financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk.
2: Good afternoon, Bay Area. Welcome. This is Misha Dimitruk with Essex Mortgage and MLS. 694427 As always I am pleased to be here with you today. This is a show brought to you by you, by you our listeners providing me with the issues and challenges and uh, financial conundrums and unsolved puzzles that you present to me that allow me to bring to all of your other buddy listeners the education and information to help you get through these processes, to gain the knowledge that you need to make those informed decisions. And it is a pleasure to be with you as always. If you have questions, if you need help, if you need guidance, support, if you need information or education, 831-435-0385, Misha, M-E-S-H-A at essexmortgage.com. It's a very exciting week already here in the mortgage industry. A couple of major things have popped off is the 2022 loan limits have been released as of today. Drum roll for everybody listening. Our current drum roll is on retirement because it's just too loud. But but the, the need for this is really big because it really changes the power of purchasing in the greater Bay Area. Now our current high cost market loan limit through the end of the year is $822,375. We are going to add for anything that closes the 1st of January on, the new loan limit is $970,800. That's $148,425 higher. For those of you who are wondering how this would equate to benefit for you, with the median home price in almost every county that touches the greater Bay Area above a million dollars, even cresting the 1112 category. If you were looking at a purchase price of $1,213,500, you could put 20% down and get an 80% conventional loan at $970,800. It's a huge opportunity for people who are buying at our average price points to actually avoid the jumbo loans. Jumbo loans are not terrible. They just require steeper qualifications, higher credit scores, bigger cash reserves, and generally more stringent underwriting guidelines. This is going to give the majority of the buyers in our market a definite leg up in getting the best and easiest financing to obtain. For the national conforming, markets for markets that are not considered high cost, and this is on a county-by-county county basis, the loan limits are going up from $548,250 to six forty seven two hundred, a $98,950 increase. These loan limits are 18% higher than the loan limit increases from last year. And over the last six years, these baseline loan levels have gone up So for those buyers out in the market that have been shopping for that one home for what feels like years on end, these are indicative of why you feel like you're continuously stretching your budget. And it's because the market is moving on you and you're having to continuously step up in order to get to the same level of property. So in that, I want to make sure that Everybody here is comfortable with their current pre-approval and current with the concept of how this will affect their buying power going forward. If you have a formal pre-approval now and you need to revisit it, give me a call. We'll have a conversation about how this will benefit you and what it is that that changes for you. For those of you who have a jumbo loan pre-approval, you may actually find that you have more flexibility and that you have a better financing Situation because you won't need as big of reserves. You can put more money down on that property. So it really could change the story for you. If you are in the position where you are actually going to be buying out of the area, most of the rest of the country, the conventional loan limit, will raise from that 548,250 to 647,200. Again, that's going to give a great opportunity for you to uh, capture an investment property or a property outside of the Bay Area, uh, even lots of places within California, and that's a solid loan size to capture quality home. It is imperative that you understand the opportunities that elevated loan levels brings to you when you are a buyer in the market, because it's giving you expansion on what you already have and ease of financing use. There is a ton of money out there being offered up at reasonable rates for people to capture property in this hot, hot market. And I am here to help you create that path and that strategy to get where you need to go. So if you have a question, give me a call. We'll talk more after the show. Last week's challenge, for those of you who have been following the show, uh, we do a weekly challenge to get from our listeners engaged and have the education of applying what we're hearing to a very personal level. And last week's challenge was to increase your credit score, to review your credit report, to understand what your credit report contains, and how your credit information is either helping or hindering you when it comes to achieving your financial goals. A lot of people reached out to me when I presented this. A, they didn't know that they were entitled to a free copy of their credit report every year. Yes, you are entitled to a free copy of your credit report every year without it becoming a credit inquiry, a hard inquiry on your credit, and you should review your credit. I spoke with Jenny from Mountain View, who said she reviewed her credit online and found out that she had an account that showed as paid and zero balance from what she could see in her online viewings, but it reported a multitude of late payments after the account was closed. She is certain that this is all in error. She contacted the company. They said, this is so old. We don't reflect any late payments on you, but we don't even have the information. We have to do an inquiry. It will take us some time to resolve this. But in the meanwhile, her credit score has been hovering in the mid to high 600s, and she hasn't been able to figure out why. This was her smoking gun. She definitely did not know that this was, what was happening because the online models that provide that information don't necessarily pinpoint the account history on every single account that showed up in your history and because it was a zero balance and closed account it wasn't anything that was raising flags for her so jenny i'm really glad that you read that information she said it was the first time she had ever looked and she related that she was not a spring chicken but she had never actually looked at her own credit information and said it was liberating but also a little bit confusing it takes a little bit of time to Dig into the nitty-gritty of what all of that information means and how it's reported, because it reports the current balance, the account status, whether or not there were late payments associated with it, and then the dates. We walked through it. She said, "This all makes sense." I'm so glad I looked. So thanks, Jenny, for letting me know that this really helped you. Greg, on the other hand, called me two weeks ago because he was really stuck. He'd been in the situation where his credit score was just not where it needed to be. He was below 700. He didn't have the cash to pay down his credit. He didn't want to open new accounts, but he really wanted to find a better way of managing his credit, hoping to get credit cards that had maybe better interest rate offers on them or a 0% to offset some of the heavier balances that he's been carrying and really get a break on how to manage that debt. And so Greg and I had the conversation about asking his current credit card companies if they would reduce his interest rate and raise his credit limit. This did two things. One, it meant that the interest charge that he was paying on that money was going to be less. So he was making incrementally more payment towards reducing that balance when they improved his interest rate. And two, by increasing that credit limit, it gave him a better utilization of debt. He went from a 68% debt utilization to a 34% debt utilization without any money. And so in his next monthly payment, by making his regular monthly payment, he will be down below 30% credit utilization and his score is going to start to elevate finally. So it is learning how to use credit to your advantage. It's not just the ball and chain that you may have been told it is or that you were taught to believe it is or that people are fearful of. They're afraid to ask for elevated limits. They're afraid to ask for interest rate reduction, because what happens if they say no? How will I feel about myself if they say I'm not eligible, I don't qualify, uh, or any of the other criteria? Credit has become something that people don't talk about, but they also feel very personally about, and they take it as a reflection of themselves. And I think this is probably why it's not so readily talked about. You'll hear your friends touting they have a 780 credit score, but you rarely hear somebody say, man, I have a 600 credit score and I'm stuck. So this is the show for you. If you need to understand how to get yourself to that better credit position, please do give me a call. Let me know what your specific credit challenge is and how we can help you work through it. I spoke with Tiffany down from El Sereno, way off in the distance, was told by an aunt to uh, check out this show on a podcast. And she called to talk to me about what was happening with her credit. She was getting credit card offers, but she wasn't getting anything that she would actually want to take. She were high interest, low balance. And she said, I, I want to build credit. She was a rather young lady, and she wanted to establish herself really smartly. And so we talked about a few different strategies. And one of them is that she has a student loan. But she didn't have any credit cards in her own name. So that's why she wasn't getting the the quality offers for good credit cards. So we talked about signing on to a trusted family member's account as an authorized user. And that will trigger the ability for them to see that she has a satisfactory payment history. And in that, her credit score went up. And with an elevated credit score, she started getting better offers. She was able to open up a credit card with a good balance without a huge deposit, without a giant annual fee, and without a ridiculous interest rate. So she now has a solid foundation for her beginning steps on building good, healthy credit. And she and her grandmother knew to tell somebody, to talk about credit, to make sure that we don't step into the shadows and do whatever comes to us fastest and easiest without messaging the people that we love and talking about the things that maybe we've failed at in our financial lives. It is family affair, When I I believe, when it comes to finances. Most people learn about their finances at home, either by conversation or by example that they've seen. So please, if you want to know more about how to have those conversations within your own household, If you wanna understand the healthy topics that you can present so that your whole family can create a stronger financial foundation, I am here for you and I look forward to fielding calls from you. Um, These are examples of how tiny shifts in what you do with your everyday can make a big impact and can help you get over those hurdles and achieve those goals that you set for yourself. I'm here for you as are all the professionals here at Essex Mortgage and we look forward to providing you the support you deserve. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with
1: Misha. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk.
2: All right, Bay Area, thank you for coming back with us. I want to know if you are involved in a real estate transaction and you have financing, how has your experience been? Do you feel like you are getting the service and education that you need are you being directed to read all of the disclosures that you are sent i know we've moved to a mostly electronic signature society and in that i think some people find it more challenging to review the content of these prolific disclosures that you get when it comes to a real estate transaction you have the disclosures for the property you have the disclosures for the loan. There are reports you're having to read. It is all very nitty gritty and it is really all very important. So, are you being provided that imperative support to highlight to you which of the documents have the most important information? Are you being given that support to, that walks you through each of those documents to highlight where the important information is and what that actually means? I received a phone call yesterday from a realtor saying, help, help, help. I have a transaction that's in jeopardy. The client got the closing disclosure. Now, for those of you who are not yet to this phase, the closing disclosure is the finalized or more finalized form of the loan estimate. These documents replaced the good faith estimate and the truth and lending disclosures were combined into one and they break down the costs and fees and payments associated with the transaction. Um, his buyer had received the closing disclosure, which the signing of that document triggers the mandatory three-day wait for signing loan disclosures, excuse me, loan documents at, at the closing. And in that document, the buyer relayed that he was never told in this now almost 30 days of escrow that he would be having mortgage insurance as a required payment, He relayed that his payment needed to be a certain dollar amount, no more. And the payment exceeded that. And the realtor was at a loss. He said the the originator is not communicating with the client. He relayed that he wanted more information from her and he needed her to understand that she needed to understand his parameters and his budget and give him a shopping point to that limit, not just what he qualifies for. And um, so apparently there was some a breakdown of communication there and he was just passed off to a processor. Now this processor didn't walk him through any of the documents, didn't highlight to him any of the important facts, features, or figures. And so here comes the day of closing drawing near and the payment is more than he wanted to make. He has amounts of funds to be allocated that he had no idea he was going to be paying and his closing costs, were almost $6,000 higher than he had anticipated. He was told, don't worry, they'll get that number lower as we get to closing on both the payment and the closing figures. But he didn't have anyone who actually did the math for him. So. This realtor gave me a call and said, Misha, what, what would we do in this situation? You know, Can you take over this loan and can we actually get it to closing in a relatively short extended period of time? And I said, wait, let's, before we start all over, why don't we see what we can do to salvage where you are? Because there are some strategies that we can employ right now before they get to closing that will help your client close happily and, and on the current contract that you have. So let's work with that. I suggested that they look at Buying down an in interest rate in order to bring that payment in line with what it is that the buyer really required for his financial structure. I also suggested that he look at it bundling his insurance, his, his home and auto, any of his toys, et cetera, RVs, motorcycles, because the more layers of coverage you have with any one insurance institution, you're going to receive discounts on each line of coverage. Now, he hadn't bundled, so he was paying higher there, even though his homeowner's insurance would have been the same price at the company that he didn't bundle with. And he didn't know about buying down, but his originator did not provide him with any of these strategies. They just said, this is it. You have to take it the way it is. And so I'm, I'm here to tell you, and the reason why I share the story with you is because these are the tales that I hear day in and day out. And the conversations that I have about transactions in process that need strategy. They need communication and they need service to be provided to the people who don't do this every day. You are not required to become an expert in mortgage lending and real estate when you decide to participate in the real estate market. You do need to work with qualified professionals and experts in the industry who can help you make sure you understand what's the important facts and features provide you with the service that you asked for. If you've given them a budget, they need to understand that that's your limit and work to that budget and give you the figures that meet that budget. And that if there comes a problem, they communicate it swiftly and provide you with options to remedy any issues that you run into. So if you have experienced these types of challenges, if you are in a transaction and you are not having someone walk you through the disclosures, highlight to you the important pieces that you need to be sure you understand, Please give me a call and let me know how the professionals here at Essex Mortgage can provide you with the support that you deserve. I'm Misha Dimitruk, and we will be back in just a moment.
1: It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk.
2: All right. The end of the year is eking down on us. We are very close to wrapping up this 2021 and beginning the fantastic, I hope, year ahead of 2022. Have you written out your goals for 2022? Now I say this with a little bit of laughter in the back of my mind because I know I've had conversations with people where they said, I'm still working on my 2020 goals. And that's absolutely fair and reasonable. Um, The reason that I present this topic is because for those of us in the greater Bay Area, and there are a large portion of us that are self-employed. For the self-employed, wrapping up your end of year financials and getting your taxes prepared early is going to allow you to capture these great low rates. Whether you're a buyer or a homeowner presently, having those taxes filed early is going to be a benefit to you in having the financial flexibility to lock in an interest rate and close on a transaction in the early parts of the year. Having your paperwork together Having a plan with your tax preparer, whether you contact them now and let them know, I'm really interested in getting my taxes filed in January or February, how early can we file these tax returns? Can I give you paperwork now to help you prepare for the process? But setting that expectation with your tax preparer now that you're going to want to take rapid action come the beginning of the new year is really going to help you get yourself postured for a successful closing as early in the year as you want it to be. The last couple of years, we have seen that it's been a very competitive market in the late winter months and the spring sort of waned a little bit. So for those out there who are looking at when you can have the best opportunity for buyers, the market is still very hot and there are still lots of people out there buying and shopping. I saw an ad the other day that said, the dating pool for buyers has never been bigger. And for those out there who have been hitting the pavement looking at homes, I know you feel this to be true. But whether you are purchasing or refinancing, getting your taxes completed early and letting your lender understand what your actual income on your tax documents showed will help you recalculate what you qualify for so that you can shop or move forward with the financing that you're seeking with an understanding of your eligible income or the ability to re-strategize and get you that financing that you need, whether you have to shift the type of financing that you're seeking based on your documentation. There are a plethora of financing options out there for you. Full documentation loans, limited documentation loans, no documentation loans, loans that allow you to qualify with just a profit and loss statement, loans that allow you to qualify with just the intended rental income quantified by the appraiser. If you need to understand what the best structure for your specific circumstances is, please give me a call. 831 435 0385 Nisha at EssexMortgage.com. That's M E S H A at EssexMortgage.com. The reason I present this to you is because for the self employed, particularly, it takes us a little bit longer because we have more paperwork, we have more complexity in how our income is determined. And oftentimes our tax preparers don't have the conversation with us on what are you intending to do with your taxes, with your life over the next two years? If you relay to them, I'm looking to buy a home, I'm looking to finance a property, they at least understand not to deduct everything out of your income and leave you with an ineligible income opportunity. So it's going to be a strategy between your loan officer and your tax preparer to make sure that you understand where your buying power is based on the income that you report. So please connect with your tax preparer today, get your paperwork dialed in early and be ready to capture that property or finance that property that you are seeking in the early parts of the year for your personal benefit. Get that off the plate and move forward with the rest of the year, knowing that you took care of the heavy lifting of the financing early. This is just a short segment. But we will be taking some text messages when we return. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with Misha.
1: This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk.
2: All right. As promised, text messages that I've received over the week Thank you all who have communicated with me by text, whether you sent me an email or left me a voicemail. I really enjoy hearing from you and and the questions that you ask are so pointed and and really valid. I am definitely of the opinion that if you have a question, raise your hand and ask it because it's likely that someone else has the question, but they just might not feel Like they can ask the question or they're too shy or they're worried what someone might say about them. And this is a show where all those questions are free to be asked and there's zero judgment because I'm here to help you all learn together. So I I got a text message from Ted in Los Altos and Ted was asking, Ted said, I've been looking for a primary residence in Los Altos for a very long time. I continue to get beat out and I'm frustrated. Can I buy an investment property out of state if I don't own a primary home? And Ted, thank you for your question, and I'm sorry for your frustration. Yes, you can buy an investment property out of state, and even if you don't own a primary residence, the structure behind buying that investment property and where it is, how you will go about getting it managed and rented, I always encourage people to look at areas of the country that they like to visit, because as your CPAs will tell you, there are write-offs available to you after traveling and checking on your property on an annual basis. Understanding the rental market, are you going to be looking at long-term rentals? Are you going to be looking at short-term rentals? Because that vastly changes the income opportunity of that property. Um, Whether or not you are going to be in a college town, do you know the demographics of the area that you're going to be looking to, to buy in? Do you understand the property tax rules in that other part of the country? Because they are different from state to state, and it's important that you understand that. Um, And also working with a local realtor is is going to be really key to you getting that immediate market information. Now, lenders, we are approved nationally uh, in state by state, but can be approved across the whole nation. um, And lending rules vary somewhat slightly from state to state. But the market specific information that's available from the real estate agents that you work with, they're really the experts of what's going on in that particular little area, Ted. So if I can talk with you after the show. Ted will reach out to you and we can talk about how you source out those areas that you are interested in owning property and how to explore that further. I also heard from Lizette in San Jose. Lizette was asking, can I refinance if I'm just coming out of forbearance? Yes, Lizette, thank you for this. I hear this on a very routine basis. People who are coming out of forbearance right now, even if you had a balance that built up that wasn't paid while you were in forbearance, you can, after you have made your third on-time payment out of forbearance, you can refinance and pay off the principal balance as well as the deferred balance without it being a cash-out transaction. So it's not detrimental to your ability to refinance if you were in forbearance. If you experienced lates before you got into forbearance, it may have affected your credit, you may have more lates than are allowed, but for those who just went, went into forbearance without any late derogatory payments, 30 days or late on their credit report, the ability for you to refinance is absolutely there for you. And I would say for those of you who are in that position, a good many people came out of forbearance in November with their first payment being due in November, and now uh, December and January would be their third payment. Don't wait until January to get your application started get your file prepared, get your credit looked at now. And once that third payment is made at the beginning of January, you have the ability to close and capture these amazing rates. So Lizette, thank you as always for these fantastic test messages. It really reminds me that these are the questions that are happening all across our communities and in household after household, we're running into the same things. Speaking of the same things, one of my favorite parts of the show to talk about your formal pre-approval. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, if you are shopping and you have your formal pre-approval and it was reviewed by a live human, I would like to give you big kudos. If you applied online and you printed your letter and you haven't had any conversation with anyone, if they haven't verified your income and your earnings and your assets and your employment history, please take heed. All of these things can shift once you're in a contract. Once you're in a live transaction, lots of online lenders will take in your information, provide you with a generic pre approval letter. And then once you get into a contract and capture a property, you've done so much work to get to this place. But once you get to that space where you're in contract, that's when they begin doing the work of verifying your income and employment, verifying your assets, your payment history on your current rental. All of these pieces of your puzzle are now being looked at. And if there's anything that comes up during this beginning investigation stage for them, your transaction is now jeopardized. Work with a lender that pre-approves you formally up front. Here at Essex Mortgage, we verify income and employment up front before you even get into a transaction. We verify your assets. We verify your credit score and history. We'll talk with you about the flexibilities that you need to have within the market. We'll talk to you about insurance. And uh, as the the poor gentleman who is having the conundrum getting to closing, the strategy behind your insurance before you get into contract so that you can get bits of this industry's information and the keys to the city, so to speak, a little bit at a time instead of trying to swallow the whole hippo hole. And that is something that I think is really beneficial to buyers because there's so much happening when you get the excitement of finally capturing that property and envisioning yourselves in this new property, you know, dreams are being made while you finally got that property under contract. And yet there's a piece of that that you don't know to not have confidence in. I want you to have total confidence. And in that formal, fully underwritten pre-approval is going to be the key. That is how you avoid all of the long-run issues. And then Reading all of your documents, working with a live originator, a human who's going to have communication with you that says, hey, your loan estimate has been released that goes over the costs and fees of your loan. Would you like to review it with me? Some of it is very basic, understood information. Some of it requires that you understand who are these entities that are being paid, what are they being paid for, and help you know where all of the dollars are being sent in a transaction. We want you to be confident. comfortable and confident when it comes to closing day and zero surprises on the day that you sign on borrowing the most money and making the biggest investment that most of you will ever make in a lifetime. It should be a celebratory time, not a time where you leave there feeling like you're sweating and you may need a nap and a cup of tea because what did you just do? You're not really sure, but hopefully it will result in you getting keys to a house. Homeownership is supposed to be beneficial to your life, and I want to make sure that you are excited about it and that you have the confidence of knowing that you understand the process that you are a part of. we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment.
1: It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are at the top of the show with this week's challenge. Now. I had a different challenge prepared for this week, but then the loan limits came out and I just couldn't resist. So for this week's challenge, I, my challenge is for, for all of you out there who are buyers and owners to take a look at your loan balance and understand, are you at $970,800 in loan or lower? You are now out of the jumbo loan market if you close January 1st or after this dramatically changes for buyers the opportunity because all of that money that's typically required in reserves with some institutions, as many as 18 months of reserves, you now can utilize that additional savings and avoiding huge reserves as down payment. You can buy down your rate further. You can buy up in property more. So it's definitely going to give buyers a big boom in how they finance their goals. When it comes to those of you who have loans in place on properties you own already, could you adjust your finances for a better position? Could you tap into the equity of your home by taking out cash, getting up to that $970,800 mark? So I'm going to challenge everyone to take a look at what are they pre-approved for loan amount wise and what is your current loan at? And where is the flexibility? How would financing benefit you in adjusting to these new loan amounts? So for those buyers that are out there in the market, take a look at all of the opportunities available to you. If you your pre-approval has expired, your formal pre-approval is valid for 90 days. If your valid pre-approval has expired and you are looking for someone to provide you with more guidance, more information and better option, please give me a call and let me know how I can help you. For those of you who are already owning property and you have a loan in place, let's take a look at how reaching to that higher loan limit in a cash out scenario would benefit you. Are you going to be able to take out cash to buy another property, pay off high interest debt? However, that works for you to your best benefit. We want to take a look at that because it's going to be easier to qualify. The interest rates are still going to be fantastically low. And it is an amazing time for you to adjust the financing in your life for your benefit. And think about all of those aspects of your life as you go forward, structure-wise for your finances, what you can do to improve your financial situation. As always, pre-approval is the hot button on on my ticket. And I'm here to help you understand your formal pre-approval, whether you are a buyer looking at their first ever property, Whether you're investing and you're looking to buy your fifth or tenth property, whether you're dabbling in real estate, you own your own and you've loved it, and you're thinking about maybe a second home, a home maybe in a different location, someplace you visit from time to time, please let me know how I can support your goals. Lots of these questions people mull over in in the depths of the night when they wake up and they're not able to sleep and they're thinking about what they would like to do with their lives. And I'm here to tell you that, that my job is to help you turn those dreams and those thoughts into a path that you can achieve and that become your reality. 831-435-0385 is my phone number. M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com. I'm also available on Facebook or LinkedIn. This show does rebroadcast on Sundays at 3 p.m. So if you missed any part of it, you can listen to it again there. But I do really encourage the listeners to continue to send in your text messages, continue to call and send emails and let me know where it is that you find information is needed in the market because I am here to help you gain the education and information that you deserve so that you can make informed decisions that you feel good about. It has been a pleasure to be with you again today. I look forward to being part of your life next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Thank you so much. Here from Honey Santa Cruz, and I wish you all a great rest of your week.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.